Who Series 7, Episode 1, Asylum of the Daleks. I'm Caleb Woodbridge. I'm Sarah Burrow. And I'm Emma Sandry. So, welcome back. It's very exciting to have... Uh, new Doctor Who episodes to talk about. And we also have a new podcaster joining us. Welcome, Emma. Thank you. So, uh, Emma, how how did you uh, come to Doctor Who? When did you start watching? And what are your favourites so far? Um, I started watching in 2005 with Christopher Eccleston. Um, I think my favourites um, are mostly in Series 5. I really mm-hmm. like Matt Smith's Doctor. Great. Uh, what did you think of Series 6? How did that compare um, for you? I liked Series 6. I didn't like so much the way it was done in terms of, you know, you had half of the series and, mm-hmm. and then half of the series. And I think that kind of made it feel a bit choppy and yeah, didn't necessarily flow as uh, as well as Series 5 did. But I still, I still really like the show. Yeah. Yeah, well, I really am. I'm a fan of both Classic and New Who, as uh, long-term listeners will uh, know. And, uh, yeah, I really enjoy the new series. Um, I enjoyed Series 6. I've enjoyed Russell C. Davies and now Stephen Moffat's runs on the show. I was a little um, disappointed with some of the ways the story arc developed and played out in <laughs> we talked about story arc so much oh, last yeah. series um so uh <laughs> yeah particularly the test elector resolution yes. and the whole doctor who meta um self-referential question thing doctor who yeah which <laughs> sort of resurfaces here yes I, we will, we will um, get to that we'll in get this get episode so we have a brand new episode yes and it's one that's been dividing opinions somewhat. it has um, now I really enjoyed it uh, on the whole. A few, mm. um, a few qualifications here and there, <laughs> but um, uh, I'm not sure it's possible for us actually just to completely love an episode. <laughs> we have to find something. This yeah. is why we do these things. Um, but, so uh, we've had James's review uh, already. Yeah. If you check the website, James's and... review went up uh, earlier today. Uh, hopefully, if he can manage it, he'll be giving us written reviews mm. um, not long after the airing of each of each episode. Um, so check out what he had to say on the episode. Mm. Yeah, he was fairly critical of it. He uh, mm. said he thought it was boring and poorly plotted, although um, helped by some admittedly rather good <laughs> twists um, and emphasised shock characterization over a decent story uh, and slow burn tension. All in all, he said, just another ordinary Dalek episode. Uh, however, uh, many of our listeners have disagreed with that. Um, mm. Mark Gorman says that he's uh, about as polar opposite as one could be with James on account of what I think is a thrilling, well-plotted masterpiece. And he says he tends to look at things, including Doctor Who episodes, as a whole entity. I'm not one to inspect details and focus on minor uh, elements at the expense of the whole experience. Um, 
but he said that he sat in rapt awe uh, of the event as it aired on BBC One uh, and then immediately watched it twice more on iPlayer oh, just to word. relive the magnificence. Uh, now that, that is enjoyment. Yeah, even we didn't do that. Uh, kudos to Moff and his crew. So uh, I would say that I'd be more inclined to agree with Mark than James on this. Uh, I, I quite enjoyed it. For for any of you who, who follow um, us on, on Twitter, myself and James mm. tweeted our way through the episode. I think I, I enjoyed it a bit more than James did. Um, but uh, I think there are a few things, yeah, that, that weren't great and could do with looking at again. But I, on a, on a whole, I generally, I generally do agree with um, with Mark because um, I'm not particularly one for looking at all the details. Although I then do spend half my life doing what we're currently doing now <laughs> and inspecting it with an inch of its life. But um, generally, I watched the, the episode with quite quite a lot of enjoyment. Really, there were a few things, but you don't really catch everything the first time you watch it no. as well so you can't really you know I don't understand people who watch the show and immediately pick up on things necessarily because you can't always you know mm. there's there's always that element of oh it's new Doctor Who so you kind of don't look at yeah. it necessarily in a critical way until you kind of watch it the second or third mm. time I really yeah. liked it I mean for a season opener I thought it was really good I think mm. what shocked a lot of people I mean, I haven't watched Pond Life, so I was with a group of friends when we were watching it, and all of us were very shocked to find that Amy and Rory were getting divorced. Yeah, yeah. and I think for a lot of people that would have that almost distracted from what else was going on in the episode because you spent quite a bit of time just sort of going, "Hang on a minute, what what yeah. went wrong? Yeah, what what have I missed? It almost felt like you've missed a part of the story. And if you're going to do add-ons like Pond Life, they shouldn't be necessary." you to watch them in order to in all fair, I, understand I, the programme. I have watched Pond Life and to be honest there's <coughs> masses about it in there. No. It's just it, it's just tiny snippets of their life. But do you get to see like the breakdown of their marriage? Not particularly no. no. It's it, just it's, genu- on, it's, it's only referenced in the last episode. It's in the last one which was the one that obviously aired on Friday other than that it's just general day to day life of, of the Ponds really with the Doctor popping in and out or just ringing them on the phone. It's only the last episode in which you see Rory's evidently gone, and Amy is coming back on her own, and she said, we need you, raggedy man. I need you. And then it, it takes it up to, well, up to the episode we, yeah. we saw last night. So, I, I don't know, it was it was relatively generally well known that it was, mm. that they were getting a divorce. I mean, certainly Stephen Moffat was tweeting to say, yeah, it, um, it, 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 Dalek's it, divorce and souffle, I think, or something to that effect. I, I think um, it was in the programme listings sort of as mm. part of the pre-publicity blurb type mm. stuff. But obviously not everybody reads no. that. I mean, from no. a mainstream audience perspective, but, I haven't kept up with mm. the online yeah. kind of side of things as much as I would have done with previous series because I've been more busy doing other things. And so I think from somebody who just casually watches the programme, you would just tune in and be like, all of a sudden, what's gone wrong? Yeah. Yeah. We'll <coughs> discuss that more as we get into the yeah. episode. <clears throat> Kevin Greenan, another long-term listener and friend of the show, also commented, uh, saying he doesn't disagree with a lot of what James has said. The packing of a lot into one episode did mean that some things might have benefited with a bit more room to breathe and Amy and Rory being one of those things. Uh, But he says, however, it feels great to have my Saturday's viewing back. I loved the idea that the Daleks left over from previous encounters with the Doctor had been driven mad and kept out of the way. And, yeah, and we'll get on to Oswin, which he also comments on. (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, yeah, and there were some comments. On yeah, Facebook. there was some. Well, there were some comments on Twitter. Um, Laura Cohen, who's from the Ubuntu UK um, podcast that we have links with, um, got in touch with me on Twitter after um, putting up with me and James tweeting through it. Got in touch to say enjoyed the episode, but fed up of Amy and babies. Uh, like Oswin's hacker skills, and she hopes he keeps them. That she misses RTD's less predictable characters and relationships. Um, and on a side note, she added that she'd spent the day at a Dalek convention. Um, so, uh, <laughs> very Dalek-y day in, in general. Um, and she also was able to see Power of the Daleks, which is a fan-made film, which was played uh, yes. at the uh, at the Dalek convention. So, generally seemed to enjoy the episode. I agree with Laura, um, certainly on the, the subject of Oswin, which we'll come to. I'm a bit of an Oswin fan. She's only been in one episode. So, uh, yeah, there were a couple of other comments, which we'll get through while we... When we do the commentary, we also had uh, comments on oh, yes. uh, Facebook and Peter uh, PG Bell, one of our um, one of the staff for yes. the Possible Podcast. Uh, he was very disappointed mm. by the way the classic Daleks were handled, as in it or was not, as the case may be, very much yes. a blink and you'll miss mm. them in the background type thing. Which, considering some of the publicity, like the Radio Times wall chart and, and the um, Dalek Bingo, Who magazine mm. um, cover with um, every Dalek ever. Uh, it seemed that, in terms of at least to fans of classic who uh, join them in that way, it was a bit uh, overhyped. On... Yeah, for those of you who aren't following on Facebook, uh, Pete's comment was. The only surprise, only the surprise appearance of Jenna Louise Coleman saved this from being a complete and utter failure. It was a clunky, contrived mess and a perfunctory divorce subplot engineered to provide cheap drama. The Daleks weren't scary, the asylum made zero sense, and where were all those classic models we were promised? Very poor stuff, Moffat. Very poor indeed. Um, and for those of you who know Swithin, um, one of our other contributors, his wife, um, Helen, also commented to say uh, she agreed with Peter. Um, and that she thought the episode was terrible, uh, and the Daleks are becoming more and more lame with every additional episode in which they feature. So, kind of split the masses. So, yeah. uh, but we'll we'll see what we make of it on a second watching. Um, and then, please, if you've got uh, comments of your own, please get in touch. Um, we'll no doubt discuss them on a a later podcast because we now have the series back on a regular basis. Yes. So, uh, keeps us out of mischief and gives us something to do for the next few weeks. So. Uh, <laughs> Please uh, keep following us and uh, see what we make of the rest of the series. So if you're watching along with us at home, uh, press play now. So here we are. We begin on Scaro. I was really excited to see the home planet of the Daleks <laughs> properly on screen in the new series. With a large Dalek. Um... And we've gone back to the voiceover. Mm. Is it the voiceover of Nefertiti? Whatever her name is. Uh, Dala von Carlson, which sounds very Dalek. Yes, it does. Um, yeah. I, I liked this opening. I mean, you can see what... Um, it is one of those things where it's opening with something very visual and cinematic. Um, the whole stated aim of uh, being a blockbuster every week. Yeah, which is of course what we were promised um, 
Arthur Darvill and, and Karen Gillan uh, did a little video, which I think they might have done for every episode, on the BBC website uh, as an introduction to this episode, and they promised um, a big Dalek movie. Um, so uh, they were setting it up to be this, this large scale, but again, still only in the... Did this one run to 45 minutes again? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, it was a 50-minute slot. 50-minute. So what do you think of this structure? Because it's the shortest run of episodes we've had so far, just five um, in this uh, section mm. before Christmas. So I guess there's the need to build, build them up. Um, yeah. But do you think this... Um, uh, Emma, you said you weren't a fan of the split series structure last year. Uh, what do you think of the I think when they do episodes like this, I mean, they're obviously, because they've only got five episodes in it before Christmas, mm. they're kind of trying to sell it as something more, more than what it is. So they're going for the spectacle, they're going for the big movie kind of look. Mm. But when you go for that, um, it kind of feeds into the second episode as well, is that you lose the characterization because you're focusing too much on the spectacle of it all. Mm. And for me, one of the biggest draws to Doctor Who is the characters and the mm. development of them over the series arc. And so when you cut that in half, yeah. you lose a lot of the journey and a lot of the... just the characterization, you know, going on the journey with the characters and seeing where they go and... Yeah, I think it's and really... here, here we have the ponds. Ah, yes, and... who are ceasing to be the ponds. Um, and this did pair. seem quite abrupt and out of the blue to mm. um, to to me, and I'd have liked to have got a bit more insight into mm. the background to this. I, think, I just don't uh... believe it as well. I, I mm. just find it really hard to believe that they would get that. You know, they. The Poms, they always had sort of bickering and, mm. and other things, but that, you know, they, it was never spiteful, and in this episode it just looks really spiteful. Mm. I think I think you're right about Pond Life, I think, um, obviously I took it for granted having seen Pond Life, I think you're right, I think that is very out of the blue if you haven't seen, not so much the whole of Pond Life, but Friday's episode of it. Um, Even then, it doesn't really give you much insight no. into it. I do really like the whole human Dalek things here. It's so. much better than the last yes. human Daleks we had, of course. Yeah. Which in the in the episode that will not be mentioned, we probably <laughs> will mention it later. But um, the I other thing as well is that the deterioration in Amy's character isn't explained. Rory doesn't seem to be actually a great deal different. No. But as this episode gone on, Amy got, has got very cold and got very. Um, sort of happy go not happy go lucky um when they're about to be fired at the planet devil may care that was the one i was going for um she doesn't seem to care she's got very cold she's got very callous and there's no explanation of that in pond life all in this i think you kind of get the explanation for that in a way though in the second episode yeah which yeah, yeah. which we, we get but it, it needs to have she's been continually she's always been you know throughout series five and series six and again as it seems in series seven, she's the girl who waits. Mm. Yeah. So which we are. you, um, I was kind of hoping she'd got over a bit because at the end of mm. series six, you had the whole petrichor perfume for the girl who's tired of waiting, mm. and that really seemed to be a nice indication that she was getting over, mm. and that um, we might get the end to this this sort of. 
well, it's not a love triangle necessarily, but this sort of this thing between um, the Doctor and Amy. Mm. Um, well, I think on countless podcasts we've said, "Is this the end of it?" <clears throat> and it doesn't seem to be the end of it. We're not getting any end of it yet, are we? Yeah. And I don't think we will until we we see yeah. one or more of the pods. Well, that's going. why Moffat said before that really pre-series six, the Doctor really should have left them when they got married because mm. he's kind of. They got married, and he's the sort of man in the middle. He's the the mm. third person, the third wheel, almost. Yeah. And he's partly responsible for the breakdown of their relationship. Mm. So, on the subject of the different types of Daleks, I'm mm. not a huge Dalek. Um, I'm not a huge fan. I, I don't know a great deal about Daleks. I can only see the 2005 and the horrible new Teletubby ones. <laughs> Are there any of the others there? No, the, this. Um, these are the Russell T Davies and the new paradigm ones. New paradigm. Is it the idea yeah, that the, the old one to be in the asylum? The asylum. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, some some of them are so deteriorated that you wouldn't even be able to identify mm. identify the, the ones anyway. anyway. It, that, I, I do really like the whole save the Daleks. That's a good twist to open with. Yes, I think my tweet was: Did a Dalek just ask for help? Yes. I don't like these new title sequences. This new title sequence. I don't know, they're growing on me. It looks a bit primeval. I don't but... like this, it is a bit, I don't like this, this orange last bit and the title of the episode. It's, there's, there's just nothing there. It's tiny little print and I don't like it. Anyway, it might grow on me. <laughs> I'm assuming we're stuck with it. Well, they pretty much change it every series anyway, mm-hmm. don't they? <laughs> and here she hey! is. It's General Louise Coleman. I like General Louise Coleman. Now, this was a surprise, which had largely yeah. managed to s- stay off the internet, mm. um, thanks to uh, obliging fans and journalists. Yeah. I think they did quite well, considering how big yeah. Doctor Who is. This was a surprise. And, and also the fact that it's all interior shooting, so obviously nobody will have seen them doing this. They would have done no, all this in this the is studio. All, yeah, this is all So it was very shot. easy for them to slot this in and get Jenna to do it afterwards. Yeah. Mm. Under Siege by Daleks, mm. apparently. I think Moffat's very aware that you've got a very short space of time between the moment where people realise, oh my god, that's the new companion, and then having to try and sell her straight away as a character Mm. to the people Mm. who are watching. It's quite nice how familiar Amy is Mm. with the The commentary on what he's doing. Moderate She's just got a bit cynical and she's got a bit cold. Mm. I mean, obviously, the end of the episode changes that somewhat, but... Now, we've got a Dalek mutant here. It's not mm. identified as... No. Whether it's Dalek Khan or Dalek Emperor or Oh, it was Dalek Prime Minister, wasn't it? I don't know. When did it mean? Oh, yeah, they, yeah. Yeah, they did get... They, yeah, they, they did mention it, yeah. This the Dalek eye in the human Daleks just reminds me of the arc reactor in <laughs> Iron Man's chest. Just the, the passing shots of all it is is a blue light in their forehead. Do we actually think that Oswin is this woman's daughter, or was that story about her, Hannah uh-huh. completely? Completely loose. Well, she probably had it. No, she had a daughter because she said, "I've read my file," so she does have a daughter. 
But um, I don't think that's connected. But I don't so. think it's the same daughter. I Oswin. think her Oswin talking to her mum, I think, is just part of the sort of um, the idea that you know she, well, she has a mother somewhere else and she obviously can't get out to her, give her her souffle. Again, this is a nice, creepy idea. Mm. The whole Dalek concept of beauty. They find hatred beautiful. Mm. Um, I think Stephen Moffat is great at um, ideas and concepts and mm. uh, putting new twists on ideas. So, Dalek Asylum, Dark Prison Planet. Mm. <laughs> now, the thing, I love the idea of the asylum, um, but I was a little disappointed that when we actually got in there, you, the Daleks we meet don't seem to be start rave, raving mad, they just seem no. to be a bit sluggish. And... It's just a store planet. Mm. And I'd have liked um, liked it if we'd have had encountered the Daleks in there and they'd have had more individual personality. Um, perhaps if you'd had some of the Dalek mutants crawling around outside mm. of their shells just as a creepy macabre Ooh, thing. And, yeah, no, they're not. Um, yeah, because um, the threat is supposed to be, oh no, what if these escape? And, mm. um, these are actually insane Daleks, well, more insane the than the average they, they feel, These Daleks are supposed to feel so threatened by the asylum that they need the doctor to yeah. get rid of the asylum, but when, like you said, when they get down there, they're not actually that much of a threat. Mm. It seems to be more the environment that's mm. the threat when they get down there, that they're being... Um, turned into Daleks being made part mm, of the yeah. thing. Which is a nice idea, but it would have been nice if it had been both the environment and the... And the Daleks. Yeah. Well, the, the, the environment in and of itself is not threatening for a Dalek because a Dalek mm. is already a Dalek. already a Dalek, <laughs> yeah. And the thing is that he walk, he works through, what did she call it intensive care or whatever he walks yeah. through? And you expect them to be worse in there, well, but they're exactly the same threat as all the other Daleks yeah. except they wake up a bit quicker in the presence of the Doctor. But let's be honest, with this entire episode, the Daleks are completely secondary to the fact that they're showing you the new companion. (laughs) And the reveal at the end, obviously. Yeah, it's basically just a massive... It's almost like they had this idea of, oh, what if she, the new companion is this? And then they wrote the episode around Around that. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting as well because there's nothing within the episode um, to draw attention to the fact that this is um, General Louise Coleman, that's mm. the Doctor's future companion. It entirely relies on uh, the audience's knowledge of Doctor Who from outside the mm. context of the show for its mystery in that respect. Yeah, there's nothing to say that the people who who may have actually been able to live their life without finding out that General Louise Coleman's a new companion would just think that she's another guest appearance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she could be. I mean, it's not 
outwardly stated that she, the character she is playing in this episode, will be no. the character that she. No. And I imagine it will. As the companion, I personally think it probably will be because she has such a big part in this episode. Mm. But there have been previous yeah, episodes like where you've female, had Freedom Ragiman and Eve Miles to a lesser extent. And I just hope that they Catherine don't turn Tate. around and say she's some descendant from them. Yeah, I hope exactly. That they do bring exactly. her back. Like they did with Gwen Cooper. Yeah, I mean, I hope that they the they did it then, tale. but there was a lot, there was a, a quite a big gap between. Yeah, and it was a one-off bit piece. The same with Freedom Adjaman, mm-hmm. but this will have been. We only have so four contrived. episodes yeah. before we see her back, assuming assuming she's not in the next few episodes. But um, it will it will feel horrible if they just say, "Well, she's the distant cousin of the woman yeah. that was a Dalek." Um, I'm hoping that they do find yeah, some I'm, more interesting way around to fit her back in. I, I, I'm sure that Stephen Moffat has planned this mm. um, yeah. with something in in mind. It's not just uh, recycling an mm. action. Um, I mean, James retweeted someone, in, forgive me because I can't remember who it was, but he said, could it now be that um, you're going to have the, the mixed timelines again? So this is... Um, the General Lewis Coleman's character is out of time with the Doctor, and this will be the beginning or the end so of her storyline. Yeah, perhaps he, he picks, picks her, her up, up at the yeah. very beginning, and knowing what is going to yeah. happen to her, yeah, perhaps tries to stop that. Which I don't know if I want because that's very reminiscent of River Song yeah. of the of the. But then that's something that Stephen Moffat likes to do with his characters mm. is take them out of their timelines. And as we go on in this episode, James um, tweeted about uh, we do seem to um, reuse themes quite a bit. I mean, the idea of Amy being taken over is very reminiscent of her being taken over by the the angels mm-hmm. um, and things like that. And, and there's the whole tricks with memory, which is one of Moffat's yeah. favourite themes and mm. ideas to play with. Yeah. Well, this is very nice, the snowy mountainsides. This was in mm. Spain. Um, apparently they... Um, uh, put this in when they realised that the Sierra Nevada snow resort was very close to where they were filming the Gunslinger ah. episode. The um, town called Mercy. Yes. So um, <laughs> this yeah. reminds me of Star Wars. Yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, this little and I, you don't realise it at this point, but I wonder whether this is the ruse that suggests why we see some of Jenna Louise Coleman's scenes through the, the eye of a Dalek. Yeah, and why? Because when you look back on it, and you think, "Oh, that could be actually now because she's a Dalek," but we don't know that at this stage. Hmm. And this is a good sort of bit that sort of takes it, leads you a bit astray. Nice use of Carmen. <laughs> yeah. Because generally, uh, Louise Coleman's companion character is rumoured to be called Clara. Clara, yeah. This one's called Oswin Oswald. Mm. Oswald only reminds me of Oswald Danes, which is a horrible character in Torchwood. In the horrible series that was Torchwood. Yeah, I think she does um, do a really good job in this episode. She is instantly likeable. Yeah, she's brilliant. I, I really liked her. I got quite a fan of her in the episode. But then it's kind of distracting because 
you do you instantly warm to her you instantly like her but then you've still got the palms there and you're like but I, I want to see more of her but then you kind of feel like you're almost betraying mm. the palms because I, they are the palms but because the palms aren't actually you know as you know them they're not yeah. happy you want to spend more time with this new girl and... particularly Amy which I think is why part way through the episode I actually even dared to tweet that Amy could leave and Rory and Oswin could stay but um, <laughs> that's because I think Amy is so far from what we're used to of Amy at this point Whereas Rory's still actually quite like, oh, Rory's just Rory, uh, and running around and managing to survive by some miracle, bless him. Or um, not, as the case is often. <laughs> yes. And um, and there's some nice interaction between Oswin and Rory, where you, which you don't get her interacting with Amy at all. Although she would totally chew him up and spit him out. So yes, she, He could not. <laughs> no. But, I mean, well, it's again. one thing for him to be in a relationship with Amy, who puts him in his place quite frequently. Yeah. Um, but... <laughs> At the end of the day, she still needs him, whereas Oswin yeah, does, doesn't need him at all. Oswin's managed to survive <laughs> she, for a year. She basically toys with him, which is yeah. quite funny. Also quite funny when you find out she's a Dalek. Yeah. <laughs> and Daleks can flirt, apparently. When they're a pretty girl in a red, je- in, in red dress. So, yes. If you look very carefully in the background here, you will see that some of these Daleks are oh, um, yeah. classic series models. But, um, yeah... I don't get a particularly good look at them. So I only recognise the new Who ones. But then that's, with a that's something channel. that most people watching won't even be bothered by. It's just mm. something that fans on the internet will complain about. But by yeah. and large, they should not worry about people like that because yeah. it's about the main audience. But I think the, the problem is, is that if you're going to do that, and then don't make such a yeah, fuss making, about it. Yeah, making big publicity out of it is... Kind of, if you're yeah. not going to, because I think they've got to be very careful with the the fan group that is the Doctor Who fan At the club. End of because the day, they've probably just done it so they can make more Dalek toys. Yeah, because we all know that Daleks are incredibly popular, and they've except got a lot of the, money. Except the new Daleks, which is why I probably they want to bring the ones back because yeah. the new da- Paradigm Daleks aren't selling because they're hideous. The Power Ranger Daleks. The Power Ranger <laughs> yeah. Teletubby Daleks. Yes. <laughs> Just goes to show that sometimes you should just leave things as they are. Yes, you should have just left it as Russell C. Davis' Dalek was fine. And but good on him for actually giving in. That's the problem with them. doing so many Dalek stories, though, is that you have to find something new to do with them. Yeah. Mm. And a lot of the time, the most easy option in terms of that is to change how they look. Yeah. But then if you've got to the point where you can't think of anything more to do with the Daleks, then just don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> But again, they have to because kids, do love, a... because kids love the Daleks. Yeah, and they do too. They're massively popular. Interesting new stuff here. Like mm. here, we've got the Dalek zombie things. Yes. This is a bit like Angel Bob. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can imagine kids in the playground are going to be really, you know, pretending mm. they've got a Dalek stalk out of their head. It's <laughs> it's quite a good iconic image, but I, I'm not sure. That I quite like the idea. I think it's verging on the ridiculous, and I know it's Doctor Who, <laughs> so Which, it's kind know. of like, well, you know, traveling time and space—that is ridiculous. But um, uh, my comment at this point was, they just shut a Dalek in a cupboard. Um, it didn't help that earlier yesterday I'd watched the wedding of River Song when they shut Hitler in the cupboard, um, but uh, they did just shove a Dalek in a cupboard and shut the door on him. Yeah, it's a good idea. Dalek hasn't got hands, can't open the door. Mm. But that Dalek did have hands. <laughs> that was a human Dalek. Hopefully it's a one-way door. 
I do think they jumped the shark with this idea. I just think it looks so stupid. It doesn't look scary. For children, it probably is scary. Yeah, it will be scary. And I think they realise it's not scary and hence why they need them skulls instead. Of course, the obvious thing at this point is for them to go back out the hatch from where they came. But no, it's Doctor Who. They can't do that. that. Isn't that the one where they shut the other Dalek? No, that was just like a random cupboard behind the stairs. Convenient cupboard. A convenient Dalek cupboard. Do they think of that when they build these sets? <laughs> <laughs> a Dalek cupboard. Yes, it's next to the uh, Hitler cupboard. <laughs> Lots of jokes about the chin. The chin and the nose when you get to Rory, isn't it? I do agree with Laura. I love her hacking skills, even if they're not necessarily truly hacking skills. And I kind of hope she does keep them, but I don't imagine she will. Depends how they manage to bring her back, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, because it's not clear how this character will relate to her. It would be massively disappointing if they didn't bring her back, though, as Oswin, because... Yeah, as having... even if They've given so much time to her in this episode, it's not like a cameo appearance, Mm. like Free Marriageman has. You know, it's it's a proper role. And the ending she does about Remember Me and stuff, they've got to bring her back as this character, even Mm. if it's a different point in the time stream. And and we've seen pictures of her filming, and she's got the same kind of hairstyle that she does as Oswin, so... So they get a little bit of conversation mm. about the divorce. Yeah. There's up to one thing to fix it. So we now actually got the zombie Daleks taunting them with uh, Amy's wrist thingy. I like this scene here with the whole eggs moment. <laughs> it's quite nice. It's a exterminate pun that mm. is actually quite creepy and works. It's the it's the the Rory tries to talk to a Dalek like it's an angry dog. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely creepy. Yeah, Rory, that wasn't the best idea. <laughs> Conveniently placed rubble. Because <laughs> 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 it's one of those moments where you just want to shout, "Run!" <laughs> you know, they're coming. They're coming back to life. They might be doing it slowly, but you know. They're going to try and hurt you. <laughs> but no, Rory tries to have a conversation with them. It's, it's like the angry dog that saying, you don't want to bite me. You, you know, you're a good, good doggy. Stay over there. And it's like this is a Dalek, Rory. Has Rory met the Daleks? I don't think he has, no. I think he has in the um, last episode of Series 5, Pandorica. 
Oh yes, no, he will have done. They were they were very very briefly they were part that was of the massive time. ensemble. Sorry, but yes, yeah. Please. Yes, of course he will know the Daleks. Yeah. But not necessarily how dangerous they are because they were part of the crowd. As it they were, were on a yeah. ship, weren't they? We only ever heard we only heard the, the voice, didn't Special we? Special weapons, Darky. <laughs> Wasn't he in the episode, Mark Gatiss' episode? No. The Daleks? No, he wasn't. Oh. See, there you go. Someone says just run. And we have a nice bit of Doctor Who slow mo running. Slow mo running. <laughs> the action hero that is Rory sliding <laughs> under a slightly open door. It doesn't open fully so the Daleks can't get through. But yep. at least he doesn't have a hat that he. Yes, that he has to go back for. So, uh, yes, very in the Jones. too far. Oh yeah, um. yeah, that just seems entirely pointless, that little yeah. remark. Because Rory doesn't sound anything like Nina, and then... Don't do things like that in your writing that are going to upset people, and they have absolutely no relevance to the story whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> I like Rory. I've always been far more of a fan of Rory than I have of Amy. He's a more sympathetic mm. character in that if, uh, it's something we've talked to a lot. A- Amy continues to treat Rory really yes, badly, badly. Um, a lot of the time and he takes so much grief from her mm. and especially in this episode mm. with the whole divorce thing. I like that bit. We've had this conversation But you times. could argue that she treats Rory badly because she's not really had. Well, she doesn't really have. She doesn't no. have parents, does she? Mm. Well, she does in only, this time. Though. She yeah, does now. But the only kind of the only man who's ever been there for her was the doctor, and he abandoned her re- when she was mm. a child. So she's not really got the best uh, attitude towards relationships with men. You could argue. So yeah, that could be why she kind of keeps tries to keep Rory under her thumb, mm. so that you know, kind of. You won't get away from me. <laughs> but also, sort of I don't, being in control. I don't think Rory would know how to handle her any other way. Because I mean, the bits where we've seen of their tri- of their timeline as children in, in sort of things that's like that's always how River, their relationship um, has gone. Yeah, the wedding of River Song. We see that's what life has always been like. Yeah, Rory's always been the the, the tagging on character. You know, person who's just followed her around, mm. and it's taken Amy to. And of course, he spent what was it five hundred years waiting for her, isn't he? Two thousand. Thank you. <laughs> he does bring that up rather bitterly. At he does, yes, in the uh, in the big reveal. Now, I was expecting there to be some twist with her. I was guessing that mm. she'd probably have the Dalek eye stuck come out of her head mm. at the end or something. But the, with the whole souffle thing and where's the milk coming from, um, the, you can... There yeah. were a lot of hints, something's not right there. Mm. I just thought that was them trying to give her a character quirk, to be honest. You know, she's feisty and intelligent, but hey, mm. she still likes cooking. You know, so she's still a little bit good. She's not very good at it, though. <laughs> no, she burns it. I yeah. thought I thought that she would end up trapped. I didn't realise what was going to happen did happen, but 
I thought maybe she would perhaps end up trapped on the spaceship and then it would be a continuing theme throughout this half of the mm. series that mm. she would constantly be trying to reach out or communicate with the Doctor and, and he would be trying to find a way to rescue her. To find her. Which would yeah. have been quite interesting. Mm. This is interesting with the illusion of the people and the ballerina seems to echo the one in um, Oswin's ship at the beginning. Uh, right after the title sequence, there seems to be a visual Ah, uh, yes, there. yeah. I'm still not convinced it was a good idea to introduce her quite so early, though, because even watching the episode a second time, I'm, I'm watching it, and I, I, I love Amy and I love Rory, but I'm... A part of me is just like, what, what's Osborne doing? What, I want, mm. I want to be watching her. I don't want to be watching these two, you know. And the thing is, is that I suspect now that we're not going to see Osborne until she actually no, comes. No, which in means Christmas. for the rest of the series, we're sort of going to be, mm. and it almost takes away from. Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen to the ponds, but it kind mm. of feels like it's going to take away from the emotional impact of that. I think it. I mean, I don't necessarily agree quite so much with Pete about. It's been the complete saving grace, but I think Osman is one of the best things about this episode. Mm. And yeah, it's slightly worrying because it's like what would actually be left in this episode if she wasn't yeah, in it. Yeah, it's actually a little bit at the expense of the rest of the story. Mm. The Predator, is this a new name? Yes, this is a new name. Because it was the oncoming storm last time, wasn't it? Yeah. Self destructive. He does refer to himself as the oncoming storm basically. But he's been referred to as the oncoming storm before. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the idea of the Doctor being called the Predator of the Daleks, yeah. that's new in this. I like this. What is a Dalek with no guns? It's a tricycle with a lid. <laughs> or the roof or whatever it was. I do like the way the Doctor basically tricks it into blowing itself up. To... Mm, and then uses it as a grenade to blow up all the others. Yeah. Now we get the who killed all the Daleks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was because this was in the trailer. And yeah. I I was expecting some twist on it for it not to be the Doctor at all, but Amy mm. somehow. Well, because usually in the trailers you get lifted audio mm. played over different um, scenes, but this is actually as it is, isn't it? I'm not quite sure. Why is he carrying Amy there? Because um, of the effect. Of yeah, the she seems to have passed out. Because to me, it just looks like oh, that looked like a good shot. So. Yeah, yeah. It does <laughs> look like she's just. It, it is, it, you know, it's quite cool. But at the same time, it's... she seems to have passed out. It's almost like they they were shooting and went, "This will look great on a trailer." Yeah, <laughs> and so <laughs> just went with it, and that takes you out of the story when things like that happen. And I imagine it, it, it might have something to do with at this point we we knew the rumours of one or both of the ponds dying. Yeah. So whether it was to give you the to idea play on that, that, yeah, yeah. Although the minute you saw that, you know, well, Amy's not going to die in this episode. Because you're not going to, they're not going to show us something like that that means that Amy's going to die. No. So, I mean, any well, regular Doctor, fan. Doctor Who fans, yeah. But yeah. That, that's the, that's a good, well, I suppose it is a good technique of getting people yeah. who don't necessarily watch Doctor Who every week to get them to watch, you know. Mm. The people who haven't thought about Doctor Who since the last time it was on, unlike yeah. us. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. 
the milk again. <laughs> I mean, it was this bit, because he mentions the milk and souffles earlier, isn't he, when he's mm. still on the, yeah. the Dalek ship. It was at this point that I was thinking there was something to do with this. I See, I just thought, thought it was a throwaway quirk, but obviously, you know. I did the nothing. first time I thought that, yeah. but this time I was it like, he's going on about it times. too much. No, I, I thought that was a bit mm. of um, Moffat's clue set mm. up. Laying. I didn't stop long enough, though, to think about what it could be. One of my theories that proved that to be wrong um, was that uh, Amy had somehow, um, through giving birth to Melody uh, Pond River Song, had uh, gained some kind of regenerative, temporary mm. regenerative protective ability mm. and would get um, sacked by the Daleks or would yeah. the nanogenes would get her, but then it would purge her system and blow up all the Daleks. Yes. But that didn't happen. No. <laughs> That's an interesting question, then. Do we think Amy can die? Well. Um, as in, within the story world, or do you, as in, do yeah. you think... do we think that she actually can die? Yes, but I don't think she will, I think. This goes back to, does Harry die at the end of Harry Potter? I don't yeah. think I'm ever going to be able to guess which one it is, because every time I think they're leading us to believe one, so I automatically believe the other, and then think, well, what if they know that we're automatically doing the opposite, yeah. then, and then I get very confused. It's that thing of, well, we know somebody's going to die, and Rory's died lots of times, so everybody kind of assumes it's, it's going to be Amy, Amy. Yeah. but then do they know that we're going to think that, so exactly. therefore are they going to trick yeah. us and make it be Rory, and then are they going to double bluff us by making it Amy? I, I, I think Amy is more the audience identity. She's more the main companion, yeah. so I'd be a lot more surprised if they killed her than if they yeah. killed Rory. See, but I think um, when Moffat says he's going to kill someone, I'm sure there's going to be some mm. timey wimey cheats, their consciousness will be uploaded to the library along with River or something yeah, like that. Yeah, there's going to be something, I almost isn't there? think if there's going to be a death out of Amy or Rory, in order for it to make an impact with the larger audience, it has to be Amy. Yeah. Because Rory has died so many times that it's... Mm. You know, it would be a running joke of, well, he's probably not properly, properly dead. Mm. Yeah. But I do hope we don't get another River Song style ending that, you know. All the alternative universe that we had of, um, with Rose, really. Yeah, this, and it's is, not the, gonna this is the story of the day I died. No, it isn't. No, it Stop isn't. exaggerating. <laughs> You um, just get trapped in the parallel she, universe. Yeah, but, but Rose by that point was very sort of emo, as in, you know. Yeah, she was. If, if I'm not with the Doctor, I don't have a life. <laughs> and of course she came back. Oh, I love Rory. I do like this bit. Yeah. And this is another... Um, one, it's a show of the Doctor actually does know a bit more about relationships than he's actually yeah. plays on that he doesn't. And also that it's a nice show of how much he actually knows Rory because he's worked out that Rory's going to get to come to this decision and it's going to give him and then he's going to realise that he's already done it. This is what Doctor Who does really well and this is part of why I love the programme so much is you've got the timey-wimey stuff and you've got the sci-fi and you've got mm. the fantasy and you've got everything. But when it comes down to it, the thing that hooks you is the relationships with the characters mm. and the way that changes because of where they travel and what they do and where they go and 
These quiet moments, I think, are just done so well. And I, um, I really like Arthur Dalton and Cameron Gillen. I've said this before on the podcast. These little um, sort of scenes with just the two of them, they have them quite a few times um, throughout it. And I really like these. I think these two are really, really good. I know together. some people call them the sort of East Ender soap opera moments, but for me, it just humanises the whole story and just you can relate to them because, you know. Mm. I, yeah, I think uh, one of the, the thing about Doctor Who is that it's not just about time and space, but the impact that has on the characters, and that's what makes it meaningful. Um, but... And in all, in all fairness, I'd much rather have a soap opera scene like this because it makes more sense. People have, if you take out the the timing bit, when crises strike, people have crisis points in their relationships like this, and it's it's more realistic that if something you know they are stuck in the middle of space, probably about to be blown up, it makes sense that they have this highly emotive scene. But, I hate soap I, operas where mm. they have these big cataclysmic scenes for no apparent reason, just because. That's why people watch these programs. The, the the problem I had with that scene is that it seems that um, Rory doesn't know why Amy's divorcing, him, mm. and they haven't they haven't discussed discussed it, it. and it just seems um, too quickly introduced, yeah, and then too easily resolved. Mm. If it was just if this was all they needed to talk about yeah. to sort it out, surely they'd have. Um, had it out. Yeah, <laughs> they would have had this discussion before, yeah. At some point sooner. And also, um, I think the psychology is understandable, but yeah, it's 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 quite a difficult thing for them to explore properly in Doctor yeah. Who char- childlessness. Yeah, um, it almost seems like they needed a reason for them to possibly be getting divorced in that. And it needed to be a big, quickly yeah. explained, here we are, throw this in the mix. Um, whereas we've never had any indication before that Rory wants children and I'm not quite sure how they would have told us that before but that you know, we're just mm. told that as fact and we're supposed to accept it and yeah. that that would break mm. their relationship after everything they've been through and I don't I didn't buy it no I, so here we are in intensive care where they don't yeah. seem to be any more scary than the I, I think they had this is somewhere where they should have been classic series props yeah. because um, if these are supposed to be ones it references specific parts from specific classic series stories mm. now if you're going to set it up um, yeah. and appeal to the fans it's the kind of thing you should use the correct props especially if you've gone to the bother of getting them in for the background of those yeah and of telling us that they're going to be there you might yeah. as well and but also the- I just think that if this is the intensive care these are the the sickest, for the lack yeah. of a better word, Daleks, then they should look a bit different than all the other Daleks we've already seen mm. in this episode On the, you know, within the asylum. These don't look any yeah. different, they don't look any more ill. I can't think of a better word, but... Deranged. <laughs> it's really unusual to see the Doctor in this kind of position because he's normally not... We never really see him that panicked. No, he's actually mm. said, help me, as well. So, yeah. again, in one episode, we've had the Daleks ask for help and we've had the Doctor ask for help. Mm-hmm. I think it is really good when to show the Doctor in situations where mm. he is desperate and out of control. Yeah. Uh, it's out of his control. Because um, I think um, 
new series does tend a bit too much towards the Doctor is kind of superhero yeah. and um, I think they are trying to move away from that a bit. Yeah. Um, so here we have, we've gone from the girl who waited to the girl who can, as she's just said herself, mm. uh, and it's probably worth mentioning before we get the big reveal, is um, I've now completely forgotten my point. Um, oh, um, no, I've forgotten my point. I'll get back to it. Oh, um, yeah, the bit for the idea that she's reset the Daleks, she's mm. made them forget him, which I imagine is probably a plot point that's going to come back. Um, this idea that they they no longer know him as the Doctor. That's quite interesting, and that's you know it's almost a way of wiping the slate clean. Mm. Yeah, and it's also I mean that's wiped the, the entire history of Doctor Who and the Daleks. Yeah. It would be cool to have an actual Dalek as a companion week by week. And then suddenly having a mental breakdown at one point and remembering that it's supposed to hate the Doctor and having (laughs) that moment where does the Dalek exterminate or... (laughs) That would be interesting. Now, I'd have liked it if it had been Jenna Louise's voice um, being distorted and ring-modulated rather. We assume it's still... Uh, you'll have to remind me of his name. Nick Briggs. Nick Briggs. Yeah. Voicing it rather than her. I've got to say, I really do love her costume. It's very Star Trek. It's also very Star Wars. Sorry, the white one or the red one? No, the red one. Oh, the, the red, red one is. The white yeah. one is very um, Star Wars. Stuck in an ice planet. This is really creepy. A great twist. Uh, just the mm, horror, yeah. and also just the fact that assuming she is going to be th- this character as the mm. companion, you know, she's clearly not from Earth. Well, if she is, she's from a human. Oh, she's from the future. Future Earth, yeah. And that that it would be great to have a companion. I mean, I think people have been crying out for ages to have a companion that's not, you know, from Earth, not from modern contemporary day Earth. Earth. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, the idea that you have a companion who actually already knows about the Daleks and you know yeah. and all the other sort of. And again, that might be why they've chosen to introduce her at this point because there's been arguments before that you have to choose. Well, Rusty Davis used to say that the companion has to be somebody who's sort of from Earth for that to be your gateway as an audience member into the story, into the Doctor's life. Yeah. So maybe in addressing they've put her in this series as a way of addressing that so that they don't have that kind of mm. so you, you already like her already mm. it's not like this strange person who's come from the future and suddenly she's the companion yeah and it, it gives them a lot more scope to do something with her when she does come back if she comes back as this character yeah. it's a lot easier she doesn't everything doesn't have to be new to her no so we don't have to have that expositional time of well this is a Dalek and this is a yeah. Cyberman and it, it, we would much easily believe that she already knows who those are if she comes from a, a world. But it depends on which part in her timeline yeah. they pick her up if they do. Yeah. But then that also makes it more mysterious because there's more to learn about her that you can't just assume certain things. That she's that you... from Earth and yeah. she knows nothing about any of it, yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, the idea that they grew stronger through fear of the Doctor mm. the Daleks, that's an interesting one. Because mm. um, it's one of those things I've thought about in my fan theory type way of how would Dalek history have gone if the Doctor hadn't interfered with it? Because mm. they could have been a lot less aware of mm. um, uh, the wider universe. They might never have left Scaro just being content to mm. wipe out the dolls and yeah. um, just stayed on their own little world mm. and stuff. See this bit, the way she breaks the fourth wall. There, the fact that she breaks the fourth, the fact that she does, leads me to believe they're going to have to bring her back as she is. Yeah, or there's some some connection. Yeah, at some point in her time frame, latter span, whatever. um, I just love the fact that she says, "Remember me," and she looks at the camera, and you're like, "I mean, that's we already know who you are. Don't worry, we got it." I don't think that's something new. Who has ever done? They've never broken Mm. that, have they? No, I don't think so. There, there, there was one moment where people thought Freema Rajaman had when they were all flying the TARDIS um, right. at the end of series four, but actually the, at that point the camera's supposed to be the Doctor's eye line, so it's so just not just, actually breaking the fourth wall. But that it? is breaking But that's it. definitely breaking the I love this. <laughs> I love this bit. We've had this scene before where the other two are completely oblivious to the Doctor as he's trying not to get them all blown up. I do love Amy and Rory kissing. <laughs> they seem to kiss a lot. They do. I like Amy and Rory. I like Rory slightly more than Amy, but... Now, with with the Daleks all forgetting the Doctor, mm. um, she says she's deleted them from their records and there's a telepathic web or something. Yeah. Now, fine deleting them from the Dalek records, but I don't like the idea that all of the Daleks um, have a hive mind and mm. they all forget, because you'd think that the actual creatures would remember, even if uh, yeah, because she said it's not. She said it's. Th- this is very, very um, David Tennant. Mm-hmm. That bit there. You, you know, you know me. Know yeah. that you know me. I'm the Doctor. That was very sounded like David Tennant. But um, she said it's not quite a hive mind, didn't she? She said it's. It's just a telepathic link, isn't it? Because yeah. a hive mind suggests that they're they're drone like and that there's. Um, but they actually can think independently of each other, can't they? Yeah. But the idea that the te- telepathic link... But a telepathic link is different from a hive mind in the sense that a hive mind, you could wipe it out over all of them, but a telepathic link isn't quite the same. It just means that they can speak to each other. Yeah. It doesn't mean necessarily deleting something with one deletes it with the other. Well, that's <laughs> what... I love that bit. I love Rory. I said this a lot. Um, so it doesn't quite work out. So... Now, I do think, um, I do really like the idea of uh, a clean slate and the mm. Doctor can come up against the Daleks again and he can become mm. the mysterious stranger again. Do we think, because obviously the last series ended with um, the whole Doctor Who, that's the question, the um, ultimate question, do we think that's going to tie into the Daleks? Because obviously now they don't know who he is. Does that have any bearing just, or any relevance on what so. the answer to that question is going to be? I think the idea of the Doctors, the, the Daleks ending it with Doctor Who and the question of Doctor Who being the question that comes when the, the, the silence will fall when the question is asked. Yeah. I think it must all be interlinked. I think. But it... do we want that question answered? Oh, I don't know. So that would destroy part of the mystery of the program. Yeah. But, uh, so there we had the advert as well for 
dinosaurs on a spaceship. Yes, which, um, and from here on in we do have previews, so we will we do. be previewing the episodes uh, midweek and then have the commentaries up on the Saturday evening. So, uh, yeah, if you um, stay tuned for those. So uh, there we are, Doctor Who is back. What did we think on a second watching? Or third or fourth, whoever. <laughs> I, this is only my second watching. It has yeah, to be second for me as well. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think that stands stands up uh, well. I do think the Pond's relationship stuff was a bit um, rushed. I think if they were to do that properly, it's perhaps something that needed to be developed more fully over mm. these five episodes. Now, yeah. it remains to be seen exactly how their relationship will mm. play out. Um, I mean, it it could be that in the next few episodes we still have them battle with this. Yeah. Depends on whether they just now go back to being happily married. Yeah. Even though they're actually technically not, because she signed on the dotted line, of course. But assuming that that never went to the solicitors and they do remain married, do they carry on as if this episode never happened? Mm. Or do we still see them battle with the idea of now they're back together? I I like the fact that they're addressing, you know, this idea that they do travel sometimes together, sometimes separately, and it's... Um, exploring how that impacts on their relationship mm. and they can't really resolve any of these issues because Amy even if Rory isn't, Amy is constantly waiting to yeah. see whether the Doctor is going to turn up again and obviously for Rory that must be quite difficult because she's constantly mm. waiting for this other guy to turn up and whisk her away and I, I, I like the fact that they don't shy away from looking at these things and what that will mean, I don't think that's the last we're going to see I imagine um, it's in, in gonna, terms of ruptures in their relationship. I imagine that idea that actually the life they now lead is what's messing up their marriage, not necessarily purely the doctor, but the life that they've begun to lead since they met the doctor is actually the inherent problem. And I think their departure we're going to find is the solution. And whatever mm. this tragedy is, is going to be the end solution to their problems. Um, now, whatever that may be, and we could probably talk until. <laughs> yeah. the end of time until uh, to decide what it actually is but um, I think we will have that running through until we get what leads to possibly be quite a traumatic ending to the story of the ponds mm. yeah so, we'll have to wait and see we will so, but um, we will be discussing it in full <laughs> yes so we will be back with uh, Dinosaurs on a Spaceship um, so uh, join us for that um, after the episode airs next weekend um, and like I said, if get in touch if you've got anything, uh, any of your thoughts on this episode or on the things we've discussed uh, in this evening's podcast. Um, and let us know what you think, either on the website or through Facebook or Twitter. Uh, we are Impossible Podcasts or Impossible Pod. Yeah, or indeed email us. Or email impossiblepodcast us. at gmail.com. And as hopefully most of you will know, we now have a new shiny website. So also let us know what you think of that. Um, let us know how it's working for you um and uh keep listening and yes keep listening (laughs) (laughs) thanks very much Bye. bye you've been listening to the impossible podcast for more doctor who commentaries plus other science fiction and fantasy reviews and discussions please visit our website impossiblepodcasts.com or search for us on itunes we'd love to hear from you please follow us on twitter like us on Facebook or email us via impossiblepodcasts at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>